What is up, guys? Welcome to episode 57 of the Triage Method podcast. Last week, I referred to our episode as 57, but that's because we had a little mess around when we were going to put things out. But anyway, all is restored, and I am back with Mr. Paddy Farrell this week. So, Paddy, it's been three weeks since everyone has heard the word of Mr. Patrick Farrell. How are you this week? I am positively fantastic, Gary. It is good to be back. I have actually listened to the last two episodes because, of course, you can't use computers, so I have to edit them. Um, but I'm happy to be back. Um, not much has gone on. Still ticking away with college. Exams coming up. It's been quite sunny out. Quite lovely. Um, not much else to say, really. So I suppose we should uh, get stuck into this episode. So what are we talking about today, Gary? This week, we're going to be talking about... I guess something that has been a, a theme in, in many of our recent podcasts, and that is the over-medicalization of things. And in particular, what we want to talk about this week is sleep and stress and maybe some other tangents that will kind of come off that. And the reason that we want to discuss these things is because, you know, with the prevalence of people trying to adopt a science-based approach to their health and fitness, very often what tends to come with that are lots of different practices, lots of different ideas, ideas around supplements and different uh, routines before bed and all that sort of stuff, all of which are designed with good intent, but that often follow along with the theme of just over-medicalizing and to a degree over-complicating some things that should be basic human practices. Uh, so that's where we're starting this week, um, if you are happy with that description, Paddy. Yeah, I think that's that's fairly accurate. And this this is something that you see quite a lot in this health and fitness industry. Like there will be fads all the time. I think people are well aware at this stage that fads come and go. Like especially if you've been in the fitness industry for or adjacent to the fitness industry, you know, involved in it, even if you're just a, a casual gym goer and you're being exposed to these kind of messages because of the people you follow, you probably notice there are trends within the fitness industry like things go in and out of vogue but that's like any other industry you know at certain times i don't know fucking bell-bottom jeans are in vogue uh, the 70s but you see them making a, re a resurrection in certain populations nowadays you know so it's like things come in and out that's that's nothing new right so use that lens as well to look at the fin fitness industry as a whole like there's always going to be these fads coming in and out like we were talking earlier today gary about like like when I came into the fitness industry, like we, well, me and one of the other lads, Marco Dwyer, he was on this, uh, like we were exposed, we, well, we came from a more kind of, we'll say, functional background, like we were involved in sports and stuff, and we wanted to train to get better at our sports, you know? Uh, but like the, those, the people that we followed were talking about more of those kind of holistic messages, you know, like, oh, you know, say the, the barefoot shoes and that kind of stuff. Like they were talking about that kind of stuff. And that's me coming to the fitness industry in like 2008. And that's why I always find it funny now when you see people talking about that kind of stuff, like barefoot, minimalist shoes and whatever else. And they're talking about it as if it's new, which it is new to them, you know? But I'm like looking at that and going, I'm literally, I was doing this 10 years ago. And that's not to say that me personally, I'm like, oh, I'm so far ahead of the curve. I was doing this 10 years before everyone else. What I'm just saying is, these things are, are present at all times in the fitness industry. They just, at certain times, will catch on. They'll uh, 
become more viral. They become more prominent within the fitness industry. And depending on where you are in your fitness journey, you're more likely to follow certain people and thus you're more likely to be exposed to certain messages. Like if you come from, say, a bodybuilding perspective, you were a bodybuilder the whole time, you're a competitive bodybuilder. Like in 2008, 2010, 2012, that kind of time frame, like you weren't looking at this holistic message. You were looking at, you know, bodybuilders you're looking at like phil heath fucking all the boys are going like oh how do they do it what are they doing and they're not doing this holistic stuff or whatever the fuck you want to call it so you just don't get exposed to it you might notice it kind of adjacent to what you're looking at but you pay no attention to it because realistically you don't care because it's not it's not your it's not what you're trying to achieve right but then you know you've transitioned out of that period you're not uh Maybe you're still active bodybuilder, but you're getting older. Maybe a few dings, few knocks and whatever else. And you're kind of like, oh, like I need to look after myself a bit more. So you start focusing on other things. And thus you start getting exposed to these other messages. And it, it almost feels like you're back being young again when you were, you know, being first exposed to this bodybuilding stuff. And you're like, oh, the bodybuilding stuff is the way, like that is the way to do everything, you know? And now you can kind of get exposed to this other stuff and you can be like, this is the way this this is what everyone should be doing and you can kind of lose sight of the fact that there's always been populations within this health and fitness industry that are doing that you know they already found their tribe they were doing that 10 years ago you're you're preaching to the choir this is nothing new and again like this you see this all the time within the fitness industry and i'm just using that as an example but you'll see this with the emphasis on sleep you'll see this with the emphasis on stress you'll see this with you know emphasis on certain foods uh, like certain diets certain whatever the fuck right so it's prominent throughout the whole thing but what i really want to touch on now is this this idea of the the over medicalization of these topics right because this is something that's really prominent when you get into that what we'll call it scientific mind frame thought process where there's you you can effectively find research to support anything and this is a, a very true if you aren't looking at the overall body of research and you're just looking at singular papers or you're looking at singular ideas so you could find research to back up any thought process okay well not any thought process but effectively any thought process right and if you don't have a big picture understanding of where these things fit in you can be left thinking that certain things are more important than they actually are, right? And not even that. You can be left thinking that certain approaches to deal with certain things are more effective than they actually are. And we've talked about this with diet before, you know, where people will be like, oh, well, like uh, a low-carb diet is more effective for fat loss. And it's like, yes, that is true in so far as you upregulate fat oxidation right but that doesn't mean that the end goal of what you're actually trying to achieve which is actual total fat loss or body recomposition or whatever the fuck it is that a low carb diet or a low fat diet or a low calorie diet they're effectively indistinguishable from each other at the end game unless we're talking about adherence in which case you might find that one diet is more easily adhered to for you as an individual you know uh so again, you could use that uh, mechanistic type of thing where you're like, oh, well, this is why a low carb diet is better. You can get better initial results. You know, you lose muscle glycogen, you lose water weight. So your weight goes down really, really quick, you know, and you're like, oh, fuck, this is great. But the end goal, the thing that you're actually trying to influence isn't being influenced in a more dramatic 
more dramatic way. You know, it's not like the, the, the thing that you're actually trying to do isn't being accomplished more effectively. And this can, this, this can be really hard to fully grasp in terms of looking at the, the big picture with things, because if you are, especially if you're new to this fitness industry or you're not, we'll say a, a professional within this industry, you can find it very hard to truly decipher what is important and what's not important because you see all these people on Instagram, you see all these people on Facebook, on YouTube, wherever the fuck social media you're following, and they are emphasizing certain things, whether it's to sell supplements, whether it's to sell their training plans, whether it's to sell their services, whatever the fuck it is, they are emphasizing certain things. And they may fully believe that those certain things are required to, to be successful in whatever they're trying to achieve. But again, that, that may not be actually supported by the scientific literature. That may not be actually supported by the, the overall consensus. But that doesn't mean that the approaches are wrong. And it doesn't mean that the, approach, uh, the, the protocols or whatever the fuck they're trying to do is wrong in and of itself. And this brings us on to the two things that we, the main focus of this podcast, the, the stuff around sleep and stress management. Because this is where you see a lot of, this over-medicalization, this over-emphasis on approaches and over-emphasis on the actual process itself, right? Like, I, I think you would agree, Gary, that sleep is important, yes? Yep, yes, sir. Yeah, so sleep sleep is pretty important. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. You might get some people that would disagree. And again, there's different... Uh, we'll say thought processes on how much sleep you need. Some people may say you need only five hours. They may be someone that feels perfectly fine on five hours. You may see people that are like, oh no, you need 10 hours, bro. Uh, and again, it's all context specific. It depends on what you're trying to achieve and who you are, what your genetics are, etc., etc. Right? So there is some of that interpersonal individuality stick to this whole fucking stuff. Right? So that obviously has to be taken into account. However, you'll see a lot of, I don't know what you would call it, this kind of, again, it is over-medicalization of sleep, you know, where it's like, oh, sleep cures everything. And it's like, ah, you're, you're not necessarily wrong <laughs> with that. It's not true, but you're not, like, you're not preaching a bad message, you know, telling people to sleep more, telling people to get better sleep. But these are not bad messages. However, what you should really be doing is, questioning why you aren't sleeping well in the first place and questioning if in fact you aren't sleeping well you know like there's so many steps that go into this before you start going i need to have a specific sleep supplement i need to go out and buy blue light blocking glasses i need to go out and I don't know, by, you see like people do like lavender sprays on their pillows and stuff. Like there's so many steps to address before you even consider any of that, that it, it can be extremely hard for an individual coming to this, this whole fitness stuff and just getting sold this approach where it's like, oh, your sleep is bad. Here's this supplement or your sleep is bad. Oh, do X, Y, and Z journaling before you go to bed or here buy these blue light blocking glasses or whatever fucking else right it's just you're, you're sold boom here's a quick fix right and the issue is not that the individuals say preaching this message are wrong because those things will 
potentially work. And those people that are talking about those things, the way they put them into practice, those things are in conjunction with other things. However, when you read a post like that on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, and someone says, oh, I'm wearing blue light blocking glasses to improve my sleep, right? You don't see all the stuff that they're doing adjacent to that to help with their sleep, their lifestyle stuff, their, all the other stuff. So you just see the, the the hack, the trick, the whatever the fuck you want to call it, and you just see, oh, I must get those because my sleep isn't great. You know? So what are your thoughts so far, Gary, on this whole over-medicalization of the, the sleep stuff? Because there is a few things I want to touch on, but I, I don't want to just chat shit for hours. <laughs> yeah, so I think like one of the key issues here is that like a lot of the things that we talk about, like we're not taking the low hanging fruits here in terms of like saying, like, you know, a lot of people like to talk, touch on myths in the fitness industry and adopt a myth busting approach. And it's very easy to take like the low hanging fruits, like uh, people who say calories don't matter. Calories obviously matter, you know, and we're not saying that like people are saying sleep is important and we're saying, oh no, sleep's not important. Like rather what we're touching on here is the idea that sleep is important. Yes. Boom. There you go. There are lots of things you can do to improve your sleep. Boom. There you go. But where this becomes problematic is when you start to overemphasize so many different variables that may or may not even have an effect for you as a person. Because like one of the themes in our podcast that you'll notice is that we want you to do what you can to improve your health and fitness, but not more than you need to. Because obviously it makes no sense for you to take away from your quality of life in terms of like even your finances or the time that you spend on something. It's not, a, it's not worth taking away from that if it's not actually adding sufficiently to your health and fitness process. Like if you're not going to genuinely improve your health or you might improve it by 0.0001%, but it takes you an additional three hours or let's say 20% of your income, then that to me is a trade-off that you need to think about weighing up. So like there's lots of different supplement stacks and stuff that you can take to try and improve your sleep. But very often it's resting on theoretical, physiological, I would say, assumptions that we're saying might improve sleep. You know, you might identify something that lies somewhere on a pathway that relates to something that could improve sleep. And then we're taking that in the hope that that might work as opposed to recognizing that, all right, you need to get a certain amount of hours. Most people probably need seven to nine hours of sleep. It's probably a good idea. If you can get seven, like boom, you're on the right track. You're getting there. Like that is like step one for everyone. And then like, can you try and make it so that you have a consistent sleep and wake time? That might be a good idea. You're like, you're doing that. That's great. Now you've got a, a routine to some degree. And then maybe could you start to think about, you know, exercising daily? That'd be great. That helps. We know that helps. You know, can you try and get out into daylight during the day? That'd be super. And then can you try and wind down in the evening in some way, whatever that means for you as a person, you know, like I would always start like that when I'm thinking about sleep as opposed to try, because I, I have an issue with being too much of a, an inter interventionista when we're trying to approach coaching. Like I don't want to intervene more in someone's life than that, than I need to, because I recognize that my clients have lives, the people that I speak to on Instagram that we speak to. Um, that they have lives and they have certain priorities and that I don't know what they are. Um, and as I learn what they are, I have to change the advice that I give because I can't just assume that everyone wants to live like me. And I think that's where a lot of this stuff gets messy because we have people that are maybe involved in 
this sort of functional medicine space, like almost like as a hobby interest, or they're really into bodybuilding and nothing else or any other sport and nothing else. And that that's their life. And they assume that everyone else in the general population is kind of willing to invest both their time and money um, and energy into all the practices that they are, even though they may not be have the finances or the time um, available or even be interested in chasing things that may not really be of benefit to them. So that's where I would be coming from at the start of this conversation. Yeah, like I was saying before, there are so many interventions you should be doing before you start actually medicalizing this this process like just think of it like very basically like sleep sleep itself we there's a huge amount of sleep research but at the end of the day we still don't really know what sleep does like why is it required right like we we just don't really know why you know it's just something that we all do we've all just done it our entire lives it's something that we accept that needs to be done right so come come to all your thoughts from that perspective that Okay, whatever anyone says about sleep, yes, we do know the processes involved, we know the hormones involved, we know the, the physiology to a large extent involved, but at the end of the day, we, we kind of don't know what the fuck it does. Like, what, like why do we need to do it? We know that the, the wheels fall off the wagon if we don't do it. Like, you know, people talk about like, oh, you'll starve to death in X amount of days without food, you'll die in X amount of days without water. At the same time, it's like, yeah, you'll also die in X amount of days without sleep. And we don't really know why, <laughs> you know? So we know a huge amount, but we also have to acknowledge the fact that we don't know a huge amount as well, right? So come to the whole, perspective, come to the whole discussion with that in mind. But before we start medicalizing it and start trying to put certain nutrients in and, you know, start blocking blue light or whatever the fuck, whatever little thing along this entire complex pathway, whatever thing you, you think, oh, this is the next thing, before you start medicating or intervening, like you said, into that and going, okay, how do I influence X, Y, and Z pathway and how do I influence the, the lead up to this and whatever else, you come to the discussion of the whole thing like, okay, as a child, I didn't have much trouble sleeping. Maybe you did as a child. We'll talk to we'll talk to the the general archetypical person, and then we'll talk to the the person that actually has issues as two separate entities. Because I think that's a, a better approach. Here. So talk to your gen, gen general person. Okay, yeah, as a child, you didn't have much trouble sleeping. Right, you slept through the night. You know, maybe not as a baby, but as a child, slept through the night. Got up in the morning, had loads of energy. Okay, so that's the experience for the majority of people, right? Maybe when you were in a, a teenager, you know, you found that it was a little bit harder to wake up in the morning and you kind of wanted to stay up a little bit later. We've touched on that in that evolutionary biology episode. You know, that might be some sort of uh, evolutionary thing that has happened, maybe in the Cro-Magnum peoples or whatever the fuck, you know? Uh, that might be a thing. Maybe we can talk about that, your circadian rhythm has kind of shifted a little bit so you want to stay up later and you want to get up later fine okay so maybe the the, the current way society is structured doesn't allow you get the quote-unquote ideal sleep structure that you want okay so maybe you're feeling a little bit tired from that your sleep is a little bit off but once you're in your kind of 20s you know that's not really the case anymore you know especially because we know that there is a thing called entrainment so your body will become entrained 
to or it will come like fixed to a certain wake sleep cycle so even if you're like oh well my body is telling me that i want to stay up until 2 a.m and uh, wake up at 11 a.m i don't know uh you know your body's telling you that you can train your body to go to sleep at i don't know fucking 7 p.m and wake up at 2 a.m you could you can literally train it to whatever the fuck you want you know and your body will sync to that schedule as long as you do it consistently you know so we know that right so there's a thing called entrainment that's what it is you know you basically become entrained to the environment generally it's to the this the light dark cycle that's why people wear blue light blocking glasses and stuff but that's 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 what it is we know we know that's a thing right and you, you, okay we can say that that's a thing you can do that we know that you can do that and then as a 20 30 40 50 60 70 80 year old you know maybe as you get older you, your sleep might be worse off again we don't really know why it is but we know that it happens your sleep isn't as good isn't as restful whatever the fuck uh but it's just a thing right so look at it as a normal person sleep is something that we should do we don't really know why for the vast majority of people it's not an actual issue getting restful sleep like there's no physiological reason they can't sleep effectively you were able to do it as a child you were able to do it as a teenager maybe the scheduling didn't allow you and you're able to do it as an adult right the stuff that starts disrupting that for the vast majority of people is something that we touched on with the teenagers is that scheduling issue you know your life demands you to i don't know go to work during the night when you actually want to be asleep you know you've shift work you know or it demands you to get up earlier than you'd actually like to do like your body doesn't like to get up that early uh or you are doing stuff that stops you from actually going to sleep. Like you, you stay up later and then you're still left with that scheduling issue. Like you have work at, I don't know, we'll say 8 a.m. You have to be in work at. And as a result, you have to get up at 6 a.m. But you've been, you stay up late at night watching Netflix or flicking through Instagram until 2 a.m. So you're, you're always going to be at this sleep deficit where you're only getting four, four hours sleep. You know, when your body's like, I want eight. You know, so you're always going to feel tired in that case, right? So that's the first thing that needs to be changed because I think a lot of people kind of forget that and they're, they're just like, okay, how do I get this, the, my sleep improved? How do I go for this, this sleep stack, this fucking, these supplements, these fucking blue light blocking glasses, X, Y, fucking Z, throw everything I can think of it, like lash a load of money at the issue and that'll solve it. Take a load of pills, that'll solve it. Do whatever the fuck, I don't know whatever it is whatever claims you've seen online thrown around about how to improve or hacks to improve your sleep right you'll see them all bandied around and people are wet more than willing to just throw cash at the issue right but as soon as you tell them like okay let's actually look at your your day-to-day life let's look at your the way you've structured your life right so what time do you go to bed and they're like oh i don't know when whenever i'm tired i'm like okay well is that a consistent time across the week you know is it do you have a different schedule on the weekends? Do you have a different schedule on the week? And they're like, yeah, like some days I'm, I'm kind of like, I stay up to watch Game of Thrones and uh, that comes out at 2 a.m. In, in Ireland anyway or something. You know, so they're like, yeah, sometimes I, you know, will stay awake for that. Sometimes I will, you know, go to sleep and then wake myself up for that. And you're like, oh, okay, that's that's a little bit fucking weird, but all right, I, you know, I'm not here to judge your hobbies. Um, and... Then you'll be like, oh, and what about the rest of the week? And they're like, yeah, like sometimes I fall asleep at 11, 
usually by the end of the week, I'm pretty knackered. So like I come home from work, it's a Thursday and I'll go to bed at like eight and you're like, okay. And then what about Friday? Ah, oh, well, you know, sometimes I go out on Friday. So that could be like three, four, 5 a.m. And then I'm like, okay, and what about Saturday? Oh, well, it depends on if I went out on the Friday night. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Sometimes I go out on the Saturday night as well. And sometimes I sleep in on the Sunday. Sometimes I don't. And you basically get this impression that their week is a mess scheduling-wise. There's like no consistency in the sleep-wake cycle. They're like, oh, well, I have to wake up at 6 a.m. every day, Monday to Friday. So that's that's at least a consistent. But that's not even consistent on the weekends. They, they don't continue that pattern, right? So you're like, okay, that's the fact that you have no set schedule for your sleep is probably responsible for 90, 95% of your sleep issues, you know? So before you ever think of doing anything, looking at any of these things, again, blue light blocking glasses, supplements, fucking lavender sprays, whatever the fuck it is, it's like, okay, do you actually have a consistent sleep-wake cycle? Do you have like that actually scheduled into your day? I'm not saying it has to be perfect every single day because I don't, I don't think that that's possible for humans. You know, like there's going to be some days where you're like, oh, I actually have to stay up an extra hour because I don't know, I'm at a fucking family party or something. You know, it's like, okay, cool. Like that, that happens. That doesn't happen every single week. I don't care who you are. You're not some fucking socialista that literally their entire life is, is dependent on them interacting with other individuals. So if you're saying like, oh, I must go out every single week, either you have shit friends uh, or, you know, you, you're lying to yourself, you know, like there's no reason for you to need to stay up late every single week. No one has that active a, a social life unless they actually want to have that actual active a social life, right? So there's that. There's no consistent sleep-wake cycle. So putting that in place and the amount of people, like that's that, that's usually my first line intervention with people. Or again, I'm saying intervention even though like maybe we don't want to use that term, but that's the first line intervention. It's like, all right, let's actually just like schedule this stuff. Like actually put it in your like day-to-day life, even in your day-to-day life vocabulary. Like let's be like, okay, what, what time is your bedtime? Like literally be, be an adult treating yourself like a child. You know, it's like, what time is your bedtime? You're like, okay, well, let's let's set it at a realistic time. You know, it's like, okay, you need to be up for college, work, whatever the fuck, school, whatever the fuck it is. You need to be up at X time. So let's work backwards from that. And let's say that we need eight hours. Eight hours is ideal. You need to get up at six. Okay, well, that means that we need to be going to bed at 10, right? And you're like, oh, I can't do that. And you're like, okay, well, currently you sleep four hours because you're not doing anything so like anything is an improvement so let's see what we can do let's see if we can get that up to six hours you need to get up at six let's go to bed at 12 okay you're like, okay cool let's see any improvements we get from that okay we've seen improvements from that let's see if we can bring that back an hour again can we go to bed at 11 and get up at six okay cool we did that right seven hours that's that's the quote-unquote bare minimum that's seven to nine hours so Let's see how we are with that. And then you, you work from there. You're like, okay, I'm seeing all these improvements because my sleep is better purely based on the fact that I actually scheduled in going to sleep, right? So that, that's, that's the first intervention, right? Literally free, right? <laughs> takes a little bit of time, takes a little bit of discipline, yeah, still freedom, right? And again, yeah, you're going to have disrup- disruptions within that. There's going to be nights out. There's going to be fucking staying up late ever so often. You know, you have to go fucking watch your Game of Thrones or whatever the fuck. That's, that's fine. Right? It happens, right? We're not saying you have to be perfect, 100% consistency across the board. I'm just saying that this should be 
the baseline of your life. You should have a fairly consistent sleep-wake cycle. And yes, that means across the weekend too, right? So that's, that's the first line thing, right? You do that, literally the amount of people that are just like, okay, cool, all my sleep issues that they were having are just gone, okay? Next thing then, it's like, okay, so we know that we're going to go to bed at, we'll say 11, right? We've just chosen that, right? So we are saying we're getting seven hours, 11 to 6 a.m., boom, right? That, that's us, right? Uh, we know that there is this whole entrainment, like I was saying. I, again, it goes through the, the, the light cycle. So looking at this is where the blue light blocking glasses come in, looking at the effect that blue light has on melatonin secretion, you know, we can make a pretty good argument that you shouldn't be looking or you shouldn't be exposed to blue light coming into you whenever you want to go to sleep, right? Because your body's going to become entrained to a blue light or a, a, a light-dark cycle and you are effectively teaching your body that it's still daytime at 11 when you have all the lights on, you're looking at a screen, right? And you're trying to go to sleep. It doesn't just switch on melatonin secretion as soon as you flick off the lights, right? So it ramps up over some time, okay? So we, we know that. So now you can do a few things to affect that. You can block all blue light you can literally get filters for your lights you can fucking get filters for your tv your computer screen your phones you can get blue light blocking glasses however if you eat like i was actually saying this to a few lads we know in the fitness industry uh but like if you eat vegetables especially if you eat like carotenoids uh like you know especially like lutein uh xanthamine i think that's the one i can't remember uh like something like lutein you'd find in ketchup say Uh, like that's the highest food avail or highest availability in food that you'll find. Uh, if you eat that, like they bioaccumulate in your eyes and your retinal pigment epithelium, and they effectively serve to block that blue light. So if you eat vegetables, realistically, you don't really need blue light blocking glasses. Your eyes are doing it pretty effectively as is, right? But maybe you know your diet's not perfect, and it's because your sleep is fucked that you are insulin resistant and you just fucking crave shit all the time, right? So you're trying to get your sleep fixed first, okay? So we're in that position. So maybe blue light blocking glasses could come into it then, right? That's fine. But realistically, the biggest thing that you're going to see impact this is not being on your phone fucking 30 minutes leading into sleep. Because that's, that's where most people go. They're like, okay, cool. My bedtime is at 11, but uh, I'm just going to you know sit on my phone. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to go towards my bed, sit in my bed at half 10, get ready for bed. And I got, I got a fucking six meter long iPhone charger and I plug it in across the room and I can have it all the way in my bed. And they stay on their phone, flicking through Instagram, fucking, I don't know, flicking through Tinder. I don't know, whatever fuck people do. And they do that for the half an hour leading up to their bedtime or their sleep time. And they're kind of like, oh, yeah, I wonder why I'm not tired when it's a time to go to sleep. So I'm not tired. So I'm on my phone already. I'll just stay on my phone until I get tired. And they'll just stay on their phone until they get tired. And then it's like, okay, yeah, you set your bedtime at 11. But you didn't get to sleep until 2 because you were watching videos on YouTube waiting for yourself to get tired, you know? And you're waiting waiting for yourself to get tired while exposing yourself to a screen full of light, right? Like, I don't care if you wear blue light blocking glasses. I don't care if you fucking filter all the light out on your phone. You're still fucking looking at your phone. You're still keeping yourself mentally entertained. You still actually, your brain has to work to decipher these images that you're looking at, this these words that you're reading, whatever the fuck else. So it's still active. Like, that's like saying like, okay, my body isn't active, but my brain is active. I'm gonna make my bo- I'm gonna make my brain effectively 
exercise while I'm trying to go to sleep. Like, like that's like me just saying like, go out and go for a run while you're trying to go to sleep. Like it makes no sense. And that's not saying that you can't like read a book before you go to bed or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that like, if you are trying to go to sleep, you're trying to get yourself to sleep. You don't want to be challenging your mental capacity, especially something that's like hyper stimulating, like watching a video or going on like Instagram, looking at images or whatever else, you know? So you just don't go on your phone the 30 minutes before you go to bed. And all of a sudden, again, people are like, boom, my sleep is fixed. There's two free things you can do. Don't go on your phone 30 minutes before you go to sleep, set a sleep wake cycle. And the vast majority of issues are solved. That's solving the issues for 90, 95% of people, right? Just picking these numbers out of my ass, but you know what I mean? Um, it issue solves the issue for the vast majority of people, right? And if you're not doing those things, then there's no need to be doing any of these other things. There's no need to be going out buying blue light blocking glasses. There's no need going out to buy a sleep supplement. There's no need going out to buy like fucking lavender sprays. There's no need to do any of that stuff, right? And that's not to say that that stuff is ineffective. But if you don't have the quote-unquote basics locked down, then it's irrelevant. Like you can take your fucking, I don't know, sleep supplements. You can take your, I don't know, lavender spray, spray it all over your fucking pillows or whatever else. It's still effective if you have no sleep cycle, like you have no consistent sleep time. Like you're like, oh yeah, sometimes I go to bed at two and then I spray my pillow and sometimes I go to bed at 10 and then I spray my pillow. It's irrelevant. Like it makes no sense whatsoever. Like, yeah, you might find that your sleep is slightly improved as a result, as a result even, but the, 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 the long-term stuff, it's, it's not, it's not really effective, you know? So you need to sort the, the quote unquote basics first. And this is the thing, again, like you see on social media, the people that are putting these these messages out, like they know that, right? And they're they're preaching that to their clients. They're they're preaching that to the, even yeah. to the general population, but it kind of gets lost in translation where, again, like this over-medicalization, like people reading that don't don't look at things in the, the correct order because they don't have the, the, the bigger context, the bigger picture. They're kind of going, oh, my sleep isn't actually great. So there's actually this sleep supplement or this lavender spray or fucking these blue light blocking glasses. Like, that's what I need. That That's the secret, you know? And again, like we were saying, like this happens across the board with all the stuff in the health and fitness industry. It happens in the medical industry as well. Like people just want the pill, you know? Like people will have like a viral infection. They're like, oh, give me antibiotics. It's like, these are literally like, they do nothing. They're like literally doing nothing for you. Like it's viral. It's going to do nothing, you know, but people are like, give me the pill because that's, that's how I'll get better. You know, that, that, that's just the, the, the thought process we have uh, as a, as a, as a peoples, you know, it's like, yeah, give me the pill. Give me this quick fix. Give me the silver bullet. That's what I want. I don't care about like the the long-term habit change, lifestyle change, whatever the fuck else, even though it's free. You know, so we we are that kind of quick fix generation or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but again, that's what we're what we're we're trying to. I don't even know how we we would say what we're trying to do. We're basically trying to tell you that this all these things that you are exposed to in the fitness industry are effective, right? But you don't want to look at things in this over medicalized way where you are pathologizing certain issues and making it out or in your head thinking that the only way to fix these is to buy a certain supplement a certain i don't know essential oil spray or fucking whatever thing you're exposed to 
That's not to say that those things aren't effective, but they're only effective if you've got the, the, the basics there. You know, if you, if you haven't got your a consistent sleep-wake cycle, again, I don't care if you're spraying your pillow with the fucking most expensive lavender oil spray. It's, it's going to do nothing in the long term. Like, yeah, you might get a better sleep that short-term thing, but it's, it's doing nothing long-term. And again, once you realize that, even though it kind of seems like we're just complaining now, we're going like, oh, just don't focus on this. It's stupid, blah, blah, blah. Once you realize that, it's actually so free. Because I used to do this all the time. I'd be like, oh, I want to lose fat or I want to improve X performance metric or whatever the fuck it was that I was trying to do. And I'd be like, oh, let me look up all the supplements that could potentially help. Let me look at all the fucking... Uh, lifestyle modifications modalities whatever the fuck i can do and i'd be like i don't even know where to start you know you get this kind of paralysis by analysis you either don't know where to start or you're just a sucker and you just get all the supplements you buy everything you're like oh well i don't know which one is the most effective like no one's giving me this quantitative you know uh tally of how much is going to improve my sleep or my fucking whatever else like again like how much are blue light blocking glasses going to improve your sleep are we talking like a proper 20% improvement because if that's the case then it's like yeah okay I'm, I'm down for that but if we're talking about you know a, a 0.0001% maybe improvement like am I gonna go out and buy fucking glasses and look like a fucking knobhead in my house uh for 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 fucking 34 euro or something like realistically <laughs> no you know if it's if it's, it's if it, like if it's giving me nothing in the, 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 the quantitative realm, like in terms of the improvement, like, like I don't see the the return on investment. Same with like, especially supplements, because supplements can be quite expensive, not just initially, like you say you buy a fucking container or multiple supplements, but long-term, you know, because if you're like saying that it's 34 euro or fucking 40 euro or whatever the fuck it is, and that lasts you a month, you're like, okay, well, that's actually not, too bad of an investment in terms of that's just we'll say a euro-ish kind of per day you know it's like okay well that's not too bad i could definitely forgo having a coffee as well you know throughout the day that might also improve my sleep but you have to look at it then and go okay well that's literally like the guts of 400 euro a year now okay that's 400 euro a year that am i going to be taking this for the next 10 years it's four grand i'm like do, do like is this where i want to allocate my money you know, and again, for me, I'm like the, the return on investment. I'm like, like what? There's so many things that I can do for free that are going to have a way bigger improvement. So with, if I'm taking this, excuse me, if I'm taking these sleep supplements or whatever the fuck else, what's the quantitative? Again, is it 10%, 20%, 30%? Am I going to get a 50% improvement on my sleep? Like if that's the case, maybe it is worth the money. But again, if it's down in that like, yeah, this might give you the 1% improvement. That's fair. If I'm an athlete and I'm fucking training towards the Olympics, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Like that 1% is the difference between, you know, me first place and fucking 10th place, right? Fair. I'm in for those 1% improvements. If I'm just a general population person and I have stressful work environment, fucking an actual life, you know, there's other things that I care about outside of just going to the gym. It's like, do, do I really care about a 1% improvement? You know, like just think about what a 1% improvement, even if it's uh, compounded over a few years, you know, it's like think about what a 1% improvement actually looks like. That's like, I don't know, five kilos added to the bar over 10 years. 
<laughs> you know, it's like that's like yes, that's obviously progress, and we should all be happy for that. But at the same time, it's like okay, well, I just had to spend fucking the guts of four grand to get that. You know, is that worth it? Again, you're you're the only individual that can make that decision for yourself. And and this is what we're saying with the the fitness industry. There is that whole issue that it's not quantitatively done. Like people aren't telling you, or quantitatively, I suppose, they're not telling you exactly how much of an improvement X, Y, and Z is going to get you. Would you agree with that guy? Yeah, like, and I think even the two examples you gave, like you can see a, you can see there's even a contrast between those two things. Like if you think about the blue light blocking glasses, it's like, all right, this is speculative that it might work for you because they might work better in some people than others for multiple reasons. How much of an effect that then has on you might vary even at different points in time. But at the same time, it's a single intervention that you can get for whatever, let's say 20 to 30 euro. And there's also some debate as to whether or not they all even work like some of them mightn't even work um, in terms of actually blocking blue light but there you go if you're going to buy them at one point in time at least it's not a recurring payment monthly for the rest of your life or whatever you know so like in in that in that sense like if someone wants to try out blue light blue light blocking glasses see if it helps them out um more power to you like it's fine it's not that big a deal but when it comes to things like supplements i think that's where it gets a little bit shadier because if you're going to say that all right, this this supplement stack is 40 to 50 euro monthly for whatever, like indefinitely. It's like, oh, that's that's something that's a big investment um, for someone. And then this gets into another issue as well, like especially with things like blue light blocking glasses. It's like, how are you, like, like you said, how are we quantifying this difference? How do you know what actually makes a difference? Because we know that anything that is related to a perception is going to be susceptible to placebo effects. Um, and that is absolutely true for sleep. Um, like there's there's research on this where they've had people, you know, go to sleep at night and then they'll tell them that they've measured their sleep and, and rated the quality of their sleep. And they'll say that, they'll give them information before and say that, oh, if your sleep is below this level of efficiency, it has this effects on your cognitive function or your performance or whatever. Um, and if it's below this or, or if it's above this, then you're likely to perform better. And when you split people into two groups, you tell one group that they got poor quality sleep. You tell the other group that they got higher quality sleep, even though there's actually no difference between them. Then you give them a battery of tests to do. Those who have been told they've had higher quality sleep do better, even though there's absolutely no difference in how they actually slept. Like there's specific research on that. So those placebo effects are very relevant. And this is one of the reasons I try not to get too deep into the weeds on this sort of stuff with my clients unless it's relevant because the more things you give someone to worry about the more likely they are to experience those what you would call nocebo effects and that's most apparent in things like sleep tracking for example if someone has a sleep tracking app let's say and they track their sleep efficiency and let's say it's like 99 percent one night they wake up they see that they see that they're like, boom, I feel great. They get that kind of placebo benefit just from seeing that because they're like, I slept well and I, and someone has set the expectation for me to now feel good and perform better. So I'm going to go and fulfill that prophecy. And then on the other hand, they, the next night they, they see, oh, it was 87%. And they let their feelings and their subsequent actions be guided by the fact that they, they saw that number. Um, even though there may be a margin of error that is even within that difference. So this is where that starts to become problematic. So you don't want to 
have so many things that you have to worry about that if you miss out on your ritual, let's say, that you're going to have poor sleep or think you had poor sleep or let it affect how you perform and go about your life. Because you see that all the time, you know, when people have certain supplements that they take regularly or they have certain practices or pre-bed routines or whatever, as soon as they miss them, they're like, oh my God, I'm going to sleep so poorly. Because obviously they've got this expectation that they now need that and they've developed dependence on that. And that's why, that is the very reason why all of the messages that we try and put out these days are related to, you could almost say like, a minimalist approach like it's it's minimalist with with a with a focus on the things that really matter the most for your health and fitness because the more you start to worry about the more it has the potential to take away from your from your life and the more it has the potential to when when those little things are removed affect how you feel about your performance about how well you should feel um and that that ultimately affects your quality of life so that's why this stuff starts is actually a little bit more important than it may seem on the surface um, because we don't have good ways of really quantifying like how well you slept. Like no one is like having like polysomnography tests as they go to sleep every night and really seeing what the the changes are um, when they, when they implement these practices. And very often what happens is when you go and measure this stuff in actual controlled settings, you don't see the effects that people are reporting out in the real world which would tell you that there's potentially some placebo effects going on here. Like one of the one of the, the the most relevant examples that's topical right now is probably CBD oil. You know, CBD oil has been all the rage for like all of 2019 thus, thus far and, and throughout 2018. Like I feel like everyone on Facebook is selling CBD oil. But like one of the purported benefits for that is that it improves sleep. And, you know, people go and take it and they're like, oh, I took my CBD oil, felt great, slept better. But then you go and you look at controlled trials of CBD oil and you see that, oh, it actually has no effect on sleep um, at all, like no effect. And it's like, oh, why aren't we seeing this? And it comes back to the point that people are setting an expectation for you. They're selling you the product. They give you the ritual to take it. And then that expectation is fulfilled in you waking up the next morning and thinking back, oh, I took my CBD oil and now I feel better. So you've just spent money to get a non-specific effect or placebo effect that basically didn't really do anything. And it, it it's not just an isolated, inert thing either, because what you're also doing is putting that there so that any time it is removed, you then feel worse because you expect to feel better when you do take it. So this stuff is complicated. You need to think about how it interacts with your psychology, with the way you live your life, with your finances, your time investment. And don't just think, like, don't just reduce it down to, oh, what harm? You know, I just want to do as much as I possibly can to intervene. When in fact, you could probably get 99% of the benefits with things that are free and that come down to your schedule and that also have lots of other effects on your quality of life. Like, you know, you were discussing the um, the sleep-wake cycle and, you know, having a consistent schedule. It's like that 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 isn't just related to sleep. Like, that is how you live a good life in general. You have a good routine. You have a schedule. You wake up at the same time every day and you know what you need to do every day. And, like, that is the foundation of a good productive life for most people anyway. So why not put that into practice? Why not wind down in the evening and get off social media? Because, again, you don't need to be spending time there. You could be spending time with your significant other or reading or just winding down and relaxing and reducing stress. And you can see how all these different life practices, they interact together and they should be 
the base the basic components anyway so why not focus on nailing those first and then consider if there are any additional things that could help while recognizing that they may not be relevant for 99 and again, again this does come into you're saying this may not be relevant for 99 percent of people however that also means that it's completely relevant for the one percent of people and this is generally where you'll see people yep like screw the pooch in terms of they'll be like oh yeah like <laughs> i have x y and z testimonials and it's all from people that fall into that population where they could potentially benefit from these kind of interventions on top of all the other stuff you know like if i had insomnia man i would be trying fucking everything within my power to be like cbd oil i don't care if there's no fucking randomized control trial that's like does it affect i'd be trying it and saying like okay did my sleep improve did i was i actually able to get to sleep you know so if you're in that population again i can see how it, you easily go go down that road of like okay well i'm just going to try everything see if it improves i've already tried this consistent sleep wake cycle stuff i've already tried x y and z interventions that are free i've tried all of this kind of stuff now let's get a little bit esoteric with things and try these supplements over here try these stack of supplements over here try these essential oils try these blue light blocking glasses whatever the fuck it is you know any of those kind of things 100 percent, i'd be down for that if you're in that one percent that legitimately has something like sleep apnea insomnia anything like that that your sleep is disrupted if you can take a supplement and it improves it awesome but that should always then be done under the supervision of a medical professional who's able to look at and again like we've talked about should personal trainers or whatever be in that medical profession you know maybe that is with the intervention and help of uh, a personal trainer where you're like okay we're going to do some exercise interventions here you know you got your nutritionist whatever the fuck and you're like okay i'm going to maybe bring in x y and z uh you know, food supplements, you know, you can maybe play around with your diet, you know, maybe having more carbs towards the evening time, that kind of stuff. So there's loads of things that you could potentially do and try out if you're in that population. But again, that's where people are getting their testimonials from, but then they're selling it to their 99%, you know? And again, this is not to say that those interventions don't work. 100%, well, I'm not going to say 100%, the vast majority of them do work, you know? <laughs> they do help improve some aspect of sleep like again like you're saying about the cbd oil like i could make a strong case and be like yes okay it doesn't improve sleep but it improves your uh, subjective happiness score like it's interacting with your endocannabinoid system so you're obviously going to feel happier so you wake up then you feel a little bit happier you're like yeah i actually did have a good sleep you know whereas your sleep actual sleep didn't improve but your mood improved you know so fine if that's as long as you know that that's what the the effect that you're getting is Awesome. Maybe even if you don't know and it's a placebo effect, awesome. But you're not going to get the effects of having better sleep, you know, uh, which again, we don't really know why we need sleep. So, you know yourself. Um, but yeah, related to this one then is stress because this is another thing that you find people over medicalize. Like, we, like it's such a vague, vague term. Right? Are we talking about physical stress, psychological stress, yeah. emotional stress? Like so many different things. Like, like it's it's a term that comes from like you know the kind of we'll, we'll say the engineering word, the, the physics type word, applied maths type world, where it's like that's what stress means. You know, like stress on I don't know an iron beam or something, and we kind of use that in our discussion of the human 
condition, you know? But again, it's a very vague terminology. So people don't really know what they're talking about when they're talking about stress, although they may have experienced stress before, you know? And again, everyone handles it differently. So there's this whole inter-individuality aspect of it. And again, like you said before, like you might find that at certain times in your life, you might handle stress differently. You know, when you're a young person, you might be like, yeah, I fucking, I just eat this up. It's no bother. When you're a little bit older, maybe you're just like, no, it crushes me or maybe vice versa, you know? So again, throughout your life, you might experience this stress differently, you know? So it's also, it, it is one of those things that you can very easily go down the rabbit hole of trying X, Y, and Z supplements to help manage stress which is something then that is totally subjective and extremely hard to quantify. Like say you take some sort of, I don't know, uh, what's that stuff called? Ashwagandha, right? Uh, Or rhodiola or fucking any of those uh, stress management supplements, adaptogens or whatever. Like I I don't understand how people are quantifying the improvement, you know? Again, because if you're not quantifying the improvement, like again, you might say like, oh, well, you don't need to quantify the improvement if you feel it. But I could just give you sugar pills and tell you that they're stress management p- pills and then you feel like you're doing something for your stress so you feel better. So, like, you know, it's like if you're not quantifying it, I don't see how you can just rule out placebo pills. Like, and, and if that's the case, then just get your significant other or your family, med- or family member uh, to placebo you. Like, just be like, right, give me some pills that don't work and make them cheaper. Like, if you're paying for, like, ashwagandha or, yeah, ashwagandha, uh, or something, like rhodiola, or any of those kind of things, and it's like, yeah, this costs X amount of money, and it's all placebo, then placebo yourself for cheaper. Like, you know, if, if that's the effect that you're, like, uh, acknowledging that you're getting from it, do it for cheaper. You know, I, I don't see why you would spend money on that if it's, if it's not, you know? So again, it's it's one of these things because it's so vague, very easy to be like, well, what I'll just sell you X, Y, and Z supplements or this stack of supplements or these whatever the fuck and help you deal with your stress. You know, it's one of those ones that's very ripe for that. Whereas again, it comes back to like, what are the stress management practices you're already putting in place to help you deal with the stress? Like, yeah, you work out and that might be a stressor in and of itself, but it also might be somewhat of a stress reliever because you're letting some of that physical you know, kind of aggression or whatever the fuck, that physical anxiety, anything like that, letting it kind of out and, you know, moving your body, you feel good, you get a rush of, you know, maybe endorphins, although that's questionable if you actually do, but, you know, uh, you, you get some hormonal cascades that make you feel good afterwards so yeah, okay, we can say that, but also physical stuff is a stressor on the body itself. You have to recover from it. So maybe it's actually just contributing to your overall stress load. So what what stress management techniques are you already putting in place? You know, are you spending like five minutes even per day? Just like I hate the term meditating because most people don't actually meditate, but even just you know sitting there and just breathing, trying to clear your mind, just just relaxing. You know, like how much time do you actually do that? And I don't mean relaxing in terms of oh yeah, I was sitting there and breathing, but I was flicking through Instagram. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about literally just sitting there and just letting the stress out of your body. Like actually giving yourself like that psychological time to de-stress. Like that, even in itself, is very powerful, right? Again, what what other stuff? Like this is, this is one that I really hate. Like people are all like, oh, I'm doing like mindfulness. And you actually ask them what they're doing for mindfulness 
and they're like, oh, I'm doing that meditation stuff and I'm, I'm trying to teach my body to change to be a happier person or a more loving person or whatever else. And it's like, well, first of all, then you're just not doing mindfulness. Like mindfulness is like the entire, entire philosophy of mindfulness is to objectively, as, as objectively as you can, just observe the body, right? So if you go into the approach of mindfulness and you're saying, I want to change something, inherently you're not doing mindfulness. You are, you are coming into that going, I want to change something about me. Whereas mindfulness is all about just observing yourself, right? So if you're going in, you're going, oh, I want to change my attitude towards myself. You're not doing mindfulness. So stop calling it mindfulness. If, if your fucking guru calls it mindfulness, they're a charlatan because they're not doing mindfulness. That's not what mindfulness is, right? So then when they use it, oh, well, they did X, Y, and Z interventions with mindfulness. Uh, here's a scientific study for it. And they're telling you that you should do X, Y, and Z to change your approach to your, your thought process about your body. Again, they're not doing mindfulness. So that study is invalid to them, <laughs> you know? So again, this is what, again, because it's so vague, because the terminology is so vague, because the, the, the quote-unquote treatments are so vague, you can literally just make up whatever the fuck you want, you know? And again, this is you can over-medicalize it because obviously some stress is good. You have to adapt to something. If you don't have any stress, like you're not going to wake up in the morning. If you get a cortisol surge so you can actually wake up in the morning, if you have no stress, you're, like no cortisol, whatever the fuck, you're not going to wake up in the morning, you know? So like we, we have to acknowledge that some stress is good. Stress is what helps the body grow like again as i said training is a stressor so i'm going to adapt to that stressor hopefully give myself enough recovery and whatever else sort of like an adapt to that and then grow from it and so if you're taking x y and z supplement and you're saying this is for stress management are you talking about the stress management of your training you want to get rid of the stress from your training now and not and therefore not adapt to it is that what you're saying and it's like oh no i want to get rid of like life stress and it's like like how do, how does these these supplements you know, you're taking how do they know to only go towards life stress like how do they not know to go towards you know training stress you know like so it's like you, you have to be very very precise in what you're actually trying to accomplish which again for the lay person it's really really hard to i'm not gonna say understand it's very easy to understand but really really hard to decipher what you're actually trying to do because you see all these messages on social media and it's like try x y and z supplement for your stress or do x y and z mindfulness training for your stress and whatever other approach they have and it's like can, can we all just step back for a second and just define stress here because like i i honestly don't i've gotten to the stage where i don't know what you're talking about because i thought we were talking about the same thing and we were going like oh you know like the the day-to-day -day grind kind of stress but it seems like you're you're talking about something completely different like people like again and then again it's like these approaches that you're you're suggesting like they're i, I don't see where how they're affecting what you're saying they're affecting like you're talking about again like mindfulness and it's like you're telling people that they should be present and like i'm looking at these people and i'm like i don't see where they could be if they're not present like where the fuck are you like if you're not in the present moment like i don't see them they're not like accumulating wealth they're not planning for the future they're not doing whatever so it's like so you're obviously not living in the future and apparently you're not living in the present because you need to be more present uh, so does that mean you're living in the past and again i'm like okay well that that might be the case but i don't see them dealing with the the issues that have occurred in their past so it doesn't seem like they're they're there either so like, where, where the fuck are you 
you know and again this is I, like i like I, i'm qualified in yoga and stuff i've done a lot of yoga through the years uh, and the the stuff that they talk about in yoga the stuff that they talk about like meditation that kind of eastern stuff is completely bastardized in the west you know and it's like you you say you're getting the benefits what these yogis or whatever eastern mysticism or mysticists uh were preaching but it's like you are literally doing the complete opposite of what they were saying to do so i i like i don't understand you're basically trying to tackle this vague issue and you're then using something that supposedly tackles that but then not actually doing that approach that's like saying like oh i want to be stronger all these powerlifters are strong over here. They're the analogy to the Eastern mysticists. And then you're like, okay, so how did they get stronger? They're like, okay, well, they squat, bench, deadlift. Okay, cool. I'm going to do bicep curls. It's like, what, like, how, like, how did you, how did you get like, how, like, I don't understand how they can correlate the two, but again, it's not the, the individuals. Like I'm not saying like, again, like you're saying, like sitting in an ivory tower, going, you fucking plebs over here. You don't even realize what I'm saying is like, first of all, the people that, you're listening to are using vague terminology the people that they're listening to are doing using vague terminology and again like they the inherent nature of social media like it encourages that kind of short sharp message where you lose all the nuance so again as we were saying with the, the sleep stuff like the the individuals that are preaching this stuff like they're like oh take x y and z supplement take I use X, Y, and Z fucking, I don't know, nasal spray, whatever the fuck, you know, whatever things you're seeing around sleep, they're, they're doing that in the context that they're already ticking all the other boxes, you know? But when that mass- message goes on social media and it gets translated to the, the individual that's consuming that, it, it kind of gets, you know, muddy. The waters get muddied and they're like, okay, so I don't read that I should fix my wake or my sleep-wake cycle. I read that. I need X supplement or that I need X approach, intervention, whatever the fuck, you know? And it's like, you lose all the nuance. And this is the same stuff that happens with the, the stress world. We use vague terminology. We use interventions that have been shown to work, but then don't actually use those interventions. We make up our own bastardized uh, <laughs> intervention. And it's like, well, like, I don't like, it's gotten to the, the, to the, to the stage where I honestly, when I read stuff like that, I'm like, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think, I think this actually gets to a deeper discussion that we should definitely do our own, our own podcast on. Cause I know you'd have a lot to add to that discussion, but with the whole stress management stuff, I think it's actually just another way of just distracting, distracted people. Like ultimately when you're talking about stress, like you're first getting into how someone lives their life. And you're, you're trying to deal with the response that they have to the current way that they live their life. And like supplementing that is like totally futile. Like ultimately, because a lot of this stuff comes back to like pe- people don't even have like basic like philosophies for how they live their life. They, they don't even, they couldn't even tell you like what they're interested in, why they do what they do, what, why they get up in the morning. And I'm not saying that like everyone needs to be able to, to be this type of person who's like a YouTube blogger who praises like like a motivational speaker and thing but i'm just saying like that you can't just you can't just further try and distract distract yourself from the responses that you're having to your current life and the way that you live it with a supplement or with five minutes of meditation like and i'm just always so underwhelmed when i look at like research on meditation and stuff and it's like oh look it had this effect for five minutes a day and i'm just like 
this is just noise over the lifespan. Like it's 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 just noise in in terms of if you were to compare that to like actually getting people to like sort their lives out. As in, like I, I would think of this in terms of a personal level. Like if I was to if I was to talk think about like what what affects my levels of stress. Like when I am in a consistent routine, I'm doing loads of work that I perceive to be meaningful. Like that is far less stressful to me than being all over the place, being real messy, not exercising and just having this disjointed life that feels like I'm just distracted all the time. Like that to me is stressful. So th- that sort of stuff is where I think discussions need to be had. And, and that's not something that a personal trainer or me or Paddy or anyone on Instagram can help you with. Like it's actually a case of, of people getting more in touch with how they live their lives. And I guess like to be esoteric about it, like asking yourself the the deeper questions, like in terms of like, like, why do you do what you do? Like, do you actually enjoy your life? Like, are you putting effort into the things that are meaningful? Are you doing meaningful things? Are you enjoying your relationships? Or are you just hanging around with people that you don't even like? Like, that's the stuff that has potent effects for me on, on stress, um, on fulfillment. And I think if you're just thinking about like, what supplements should I take to feel less stressed? I'm like, that's just noise, you know, and I actually think so much of the research on this sort of stuff in terms of resilience to stressors, like I like reading research about that sort of stuff, but I read it and I'm like, oh, revolutionary 2019. But then it's like, oh, if you actually just read some stoic philosophy or any sort of philosophy or or even stories from people who are alive hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, you could have learned this stuff. It's like, it's like they, they've, every, everyone has been saying this stuff that's just coming out in research and, and that's not to take away from an evidence-based approach to psychology or whatever it's just that some of it can comes back to like how you actually live your life as opposed to just a single intervention like i don't think there's an intervention that can change like your response to to your life but i'm not going to ramble any further i'm just going to talk shit but another podcast on that sometime (laughs) look it's rand i talk shit all the time gary it's perfectly I just don't want to sound like one of those armchair philosophers, you know, <laughs> some 24 year old chap sitting in his bed recording a podcast about fitness, telling you how do you live your life? Like, Yeah, exactly. Especially because you're stupid as well. Like. I know. <laughs> and skinny and fat. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it, it, it is that kind of thing. And this, again, it comes back to the same thing we said about the sleep. This is not to say that those interventions aren't meaningful to certain people. Like I have some clients that do mindfulness stuff. Right, and they find it's effective for them, you know. And they spend five, ten, fifteen minutes, you know, of their day, and they sit there and they just analyze themselves, their thoughts, and they see how they responded through the day, and they go, "Did that actually align with my what I'm saying? My overall philosophy is they're not trying to change anything. They're not trying to become a better person. They're just sitting there and they're just going, what happened today?'" How did that make me feel? How did, you know, what she said to me, he said to me, fucking my child did. Like, how did that make mm-hmm. me feel? What, why did I feel like that? Is there something deeper in my psyche that I need to address or think about that made me feel that way? No, I was just a bit tired. I was just a bit hungry. Okay, cool. They're not inherently trying to change anything. They're just they're just looking. They're just inwardly reflecting. Okay, and again, that would be much more aligned with like actual mindfulness. And again, that's something that can definitely help some people. Same with the supplements. You know, where it's like, okay, cool. There's X, Y, and Z supplement that could potentially help with a certain 
issue. You know, maybe you do have a, a very stressful job and you need, I know, some sort of adrenal help, you know, maybe you're, you need extra nutrients that focus on the adrenals, you know, again, valid thing, especially like we said about the manual therapy, this is kind of stuff that, okay, you've got, I don't know, a competition coming up, you know, then might be the perfect time to get a massage or whatever else, because you can't really dissipate the stress that you've accumulated because you, you have a competition. You can't just like back off on whatever you're training. Same thing with the, the, the stress stuff. You know, maybe you do have a very stressful job. You're the CEO of a company or maybe you're just, your job is just fucking generally stressful, you know? And it's like, okay, well, I, I can't quit my job. I know I'm going to have to, we have a deadline coming up that's three months away and I have to fucking grind for the next three months. You know, like maybe something like, I know rhodiola, ashwagandha, some of these adaptogens, maybe some extra nutrients that help with certain pathways in this whole fucking adrenal output. Maybe for you at that point in time, that's perfect. You know, like that, like I, you could make a very strong argument for that. But again, it gets lost in the, the noise. It gets lost in the, the, the social media hustle and bustle and this nuanced approach to it. Just, you know, people just don't hear it. They're kind of like, they just see stress and it's like, stress, stress, what do I know about stress? Stress, stress, stress. Okay, stress. Yes, stress. That means I should take X, Y, and Z supplements. And it's like, okay, well, that's, yeah, you, you could take those, but what are you doing lifestyle-wise? What are you addressing the stress in your life? So like, like you said, do you have meaning? Do you have purpose? Do you have all that kind of stuff? Like where, what are the, the higher stuff like that, you know, is guiding you so that you know why you're feeling stressed and you're, why you're able to deal with the stress now versus, you know, why you want it at other times. And even though maybe a similar stressor, you know, so it is one of those things that, I'm not, I don't, I don't know how you can give a, a quick fix. I don't know how you could sort the issue. And like, I don't even think listening to this, you're going to feel, I don't even think listening to this, you're going to fully grasp what we're talking about because I don't know if we're effectively communicating the, the, the mm-hmm. issue. Uh, but essentially what we're saying is like, there's this thought process that permeates the, uh, permeates fucking Western culture anyway. I don't know about other cultures, but that, we essentially know everything and that we can essentially pick and choose an intervention, whether it's a supplement, whether it's a whatever else, fucking, I don't know, botanical, a fucking, whatever the fuck it is. We can just pick and choose a certain intervention, bring that intervention in and completely fix that pathway. Because that's again, like how Western medicine has approached things and it's worked pretty fucking effectively. You know, it's like, Oh, you have a, a deficiency in X enzyme because of a fucking, uh genetic mutation it's like okay cool here we can actually you know bring in nutrients to help with that so the enzyme you do have you know is more effective uh or we can fucking i don't know bring in gene therapy we can do like very precise things you know or again like you have like cancer of a certain type you know it's like oh it's a estrogen receptive cancer so we're going to give you i don't know tamoxifen or something you know or it's a a her2 receptor thing so we're going to give you herceptin right and it's very like precise you know, maybe for, it's not as precise as we'd like, but that's a very, like Western medicine, we've been very good at that, you know? So it's like, boom, let's attack this pathway. Let's understand the pathway. Let's see what's going wrong. Let's bring in whatever is needed to help that pathway work effectively. Or conversely, let's bring in something to block that pathway if it's a a pathway that shouldn't be upregulated, you know? So 
we have that approach to things where it's like, oh yeah, we can actually just bring in a very precise intervention and everything will be okay. And this again permeates through to the health and fitness industry because again, like it is that kind of health and fitness industry. It should effectively be regulated like the, the medical industry. And you get this approach where it's like, okay, you have stress. Okay, cool. Here's X, Y, and Z uh, strategies that we use in this company, whatever the fuck, to deal with stress. And it's like, okay, that's that's fine. But like, let's look at the the underlying stuff first. You know, like this is what we were saying about like preventative healthcare. You know, that's where where anyway where I feel this whole kind of uh, fitness industry stuff should be. You know, it should be in like helping you yes it should be in that kind of actual treatment in terms of like stuff like you know uh, diabetes and you know metabolic syndrome like there's definitely a, a place for exercise interventions there you know uh, but also i think it's it's more so in the, the preventative stuff that the fitness industry the health and fitness industry does best in terms of you know eating a good diet exercising ticking all the boxes that the human body needs ticked before diseases potentially can take hold i think that's where the 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 fitness industry should be most successful that doesn't mean that it necessarily is because of the practices we're talking about uh you know so it's like that that, that's where we should be effective but all that stuff is uh, or a lot of it is basically the free stuff you know like uh do a little bit of exercise like you don't even need a gym to go do some exercise you can do it in your house like you know um you know, eat, eat well, like, yeah, obviously eating well costs money, but you're going to eat unwell otherwise, you know, like it's, you have to eat. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So I, I just see like, if we're going to be talking about stress, sleep and all that kind of stuff, like let's, let's do the stuff that we are actually good at. And let's just like take the, the basics first. So it's like, do we have a consistent schedule here with sleep? No. Okay. Let's, let's bring one in, you know? Okay. That's, that's, hit up most of your issues let's okay let's see if there's other things that we could potentially bring in are you finding it hard to get to sleep okay you are like are you on your phone leading up to it yeah okay let's let's see if we can get rid of the phone leading up to sleep did that improve the issue yeah okay cool now we're on a good track you know same with the the stress stuff it's like all right cool like i I know there's x y and z supplement that can help but like are we do like what stress management techniques are you using currently none okay and like how do you feel like the meaning purpose in your life is you like you've never thought of this okay let's let's start addressing this or you know maybe you're like okay i have x y and z meaning purpose in my life and i feel like my job isn't fulfilling that or whatever else okay well i'm not telling you to quit your job or anything but you know maybe we have that conversation or maybe you have that conversation with an individual that is qualified to actually help you uh and talk about like okay well your your job might be putting fucking food on the table but like you hate yourself you actually hate your life as a result you know it's like can we even move you towards something else that maybe it isn't paying as much but maybe it actually gives you some sort of quality of life and so stuff like that again like a lot of this just talking to other individuals again it could be a personal trainer because personal trainers effectively have to wear so many hats they eventually effectively become psychologists to some extent and so like you should you should be able to have a conversation with individuals about this kind of stuff and again it's not like like if you're having a conversation you're not qualified as a personal trainer to be like right here's the job advice you should be doing you know i know you're a fucking big baller making fucking i don't know 500k (laughs) a year in this job uh but you hate it like here you know you should do you should just drop out and i don't know join fucking 
a yoga retreat. You know, it's like like you're not you're not in a position to really tell them what to do, but even letting them discuss it themselves and asking them like, are they happy? What would they be happy in? You know, that that kind of stuff. Like just being a, a good individual like to talk to does go a long way. And again, that's where I feel like the, the the fitness profession should be rather than being this kind of snake oil salesman where it's like, oh yeah, like you'd stress, I have X, Y, and Z supplement for that. So I'm actually, you can use my affiliate link as well, you know? <laughs> so it's like, all right, cool. Like I understand we all have to eat and I do understand that these supplements do help. And realistically, at the end of the day, the person will probably get some sort of placebo benefit and on top of whatever potential benefit those things are bringing to the table. You know, I just feel that, and again, like as a, as an individual, you're fucking entirely within your own right to completely disagree. I just feel that we should tick the boxes of the, the basic stuff first and then start looking at this more esoteric stuff. And again, I'm not saying like, I actually fully believe that a lot of this stuff does work and has like, they're, they're, they're tools in your toolbox that under certain mm. issues or conditions or fucking presentations of a person to you you're going to need to know you're going to need to have what you know what they say is like if you if you only have a hammer in your toolbox everything starts looking like a nail you know and this is again where i feel like the 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 fitness industry as a whole is, is kind of propagating with this kind of stuff this over medicalization of, of these natural human conditions like sleep like i don't i don't know how we got to a stage where it's like oh you can't sleep like i don't know how we got to the stage where the first thought process is like let's bring in x y and z supplements rather than going like okay well like why can't you sleep like it's a very natural human condition here like do we actually need to bring in a medical professional here like what why, why can't you sleep you know is it like is it something that we need to really dig in deep in or is it just the fact that like you have no schedule with your sleep you have no routine with your sleep you you watch tv until literally the second you go to sleep like you fall asleep watching tv you know it's like like all these kind of things it's like okay you're not like you're not nailing like the basics of being a human so let's let's nail those things first and then you know maybe we bring in some of the more esoteric stuff if we need to yeah like you alluded to there a lot of this comes from essentially trying to apply a biomedical interventionism approach to the human experience and a lot of it is like we don't really understand all this stuff like you can take an isolated pathway try and supplement it whether that's a medication or a supplement and assume that you're going to have a positive effect but very often it's it's fairly underwhelming and you see you've seen this as as we've discussed about pain um it's the same here when we talk about stress you could even start going into things like mood and anxiety like how how some you know the the the, the emphasis on biomedical interventions all the time just is somewhat underwhelming at times um, and a lot of this does come back to the the fact that we assume that we can fix everything with a quick fix, whether that is a medication or a supplement or whatever. And things are just so, sometimes more complicated. And I think operating under that framework of uncertainty um, and questioning our, our fundamental approach as opposed to the actual intervention is probably a good idea at times because sometimes you see some things like where there's discrepancies between cultures in responses to stress and pain that are like very different responses. And when you look at those, it's like, it's like, it's all right. All right. It's not just their nutrition. It's not just the fact that they have access to medicines and stuff. It's like there are fundamental, fundamental cultures, cultural differences, um, differences in society, differences in like belief systems, even that are 
adjusting the way people have these human experiences or respond to these human experiences. And I think when you start to think about that stuff, it definitely broadens your perspective on just being uncertain, not trying to intervene on everything, which is obviously hard because you gotta, you gotta get that bread. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta make money. And some people are trying to push supplements on people to try and solve their problems. And lots of people have lots of problems. So clearly there's lots of financial incentives there. And I'm all for that capitalism, baby. But like, we have to, you know, be honest with ourselves as well about what we can and can't do. So, so there you go. I think that sort of wraps up everything we want to discuss, Patty. I know there's a lot of, for those that are listening, there's a lot of vague things in there. Like lots of the stuff that we discussed there is sort of conceptual and like almost philosophical at points that like we would need to tie in with lots of our other ideas probably. But hopefully that gives you some things that are worth thinking about. Um, and we've kind of summarized like what you should take away in terms of sleep, especially already. So is there anything else you'd like to add before people shut us down? Hmm. Uh, not much. Like I, I think that people should take away from this that the same message we preach all the time, like, yes, question everything, like question the, the quantitative amount that any of these uh, interventions are going to bring to the table. Like if you're going to spend your money, like it is caveat emptor, like buyer should be, be should buyer beware. So if you're going to do it, like, yes, look at studies, look at, like ask individuals, you know, and be like, what what is the, the quantitative? Like, yeah, okay, cool. You're saying that this, is i don't know a stress supplement or whatever the fuck like how much of a reduction in, in stress am i going to feel and like is this going to get rid of my training adaptations like you, you have to be very specific like so before you spend your hard-earned cash you should be like what am i actually going to get from this supplement this intervention this fucking protocol whatever else and then you have to ask yourself as well like am i just trying to get a quick fix here like, is there other interventions I could do that are effective and that are free that I'm just not doing? Like, have I ticked all the boxes before I'm looking to, you know, reach into my pocket? Like that, for me, that's, that's where you should start as an individual. Like, it's like, okay, you may not know all those boxes. Again, that's where stuff like the triage militia comes in, that greasy salesman pitch. But not, but honestly, like, it, like there are individuals out there putting out good information. The information is freely available online in a lot of places. Like, I'm not saying, like, like obviously I am saying join the militia, but I'm not saying that you have to go there and that's the only place you're going to find the truth, like, true TM trademarked. Like, it's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it's on you as an individual to go out and question these things. And again, I'm not saying be the ever skeptic, you know, like you're not saying that you have to like question fucking every single thing and end up with that kind of paralysis by analysis. What I'm saying is if you are going to do an approach, you should have a good reason to bring that approach in. You know, it shouldn't just be, oh, well, the big guy in the gym said do this or you know, someone that I follow over here said do this. It should be like, okay, this is actually, there's a well thought out reasoning. I'm going to try this intervention. I'm going to try to not placebo myself. I'm going to do some sort of quantitative tracking without falling into that track or falling into that trap of, like you said, with the sleep, like noceboing yourself effectively. Uh, mm -hmm. It's hard to do. And it definitely is a lot harder than just, effectively being a sheep and just going oh yeah i'll just 
do whatever the fuck everyone else is doing or whatever the fuck they told me to do. But it effectively leads you to a better understanding of you as a human. It also leads to a better, more effective pool of information for everyone else to go from. Because if you're if you question your fucking this guru on social media and you're like, well, how much of an effect is this bringing to the table? Uh, like, is it anything worthwhile? And they just fucking delete your comment and block you. Like, at least you've stopped yourself being exposed to that. Or perhaps they give this really fucking vague reasoning and everyone else sees that vague reasoning and realizes that, okay, well, this is actually just a crock of shit. Like, this is not going to do do much for me as an individual, you know? Again, like most of the individuals, I, I think they're coming from a good place. Like they are actually, especially in their own practices and their practices with their clients and whatever else, the people that actually are in, in the know within their, their kind of circle or whatever are uh, doing all the other things like we're saying, like ticking those boxes. I'm just saying like in social media, it can kind of get lost that that's the approach you should take. Like tick the, tick the, the boxes first that need to be ticked. Like, you know, sleep scheduling, fucking actually, working on those things and then maybe bringing in some other interventions i think on on social media it can look like it's bring those interventions in first and then address the other things you know if if even you know so as an individual listening to this as gary said i know a lot of it is that kind of we're not nailing down anything specific so it's it's kind of hard to see what we're saying listen to what we're saying but and again i don't even think we're doing a good job of what we're trying to say uh, but uh, I do think, and that's okay. That's fine. Yeah, uh, I think listening to this, you should uh, be able to kind of change your thought process. Not even change your thought process. Just think of things. Step back, detach, and just kind of think. Okay, well, why? Like, just just why? Like, why am I bringing this intervention in? Why am I doing X, Y, and Z? Uh, is this something that I'm going to have to do for the rest of my life? Like, what's the return on investment from this approach like where, what is the the quantitative data like how much of a an improvement am i going to see uh is there anything that i can do that's free or is there anything i should be doing in conjunction with this so you know those kind of things just be thinking of this whole process with those thoughts in mind i think that should kind of help you stay on the straight and narrow with all this fucking health and fitness noise that you'll be exposed to uh other than that i don't think i have much else to say what about you gary nah i'm g i would want to go and have my breakfast now and enjoy my breakfast that is absolutely so cute as always guys it is literally too easy too easy